You're listening to Eye on the Ball with Steve Rivera. This podcast is a Bustos Media production on The Voice. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Eye on the Ball. I'm Steve Rivera, and you're listening to 1030 The Voice. Hey, welcome to Eye on the Ball, day two of Jay Gonzalez and Steve Rivera here on Eye on the Ball, your co-hosts. Jay, welcome back. You decided to come back for day two. I did decide to come back. I had so much fun, I couldn't help myself, and I couldn't wait. Talk to me after like a a year, and the marriage is still kind of going. Well, we'll see how it goes, Steve. (laughs) One of the things you got to do sometime soon is shave. That's all I can say. (laughs) Shave and get a haircut. God, I can't wait to get the haircuts. Hey, Tom, how are you? Did you meet Jay? Yes. Actually, we we, uh, first met at the Arizona Bowl. Went back when you remember when we had sporting events. You had events? to cover the game. Yeah, yeah, you had to cover the game for stats, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Just doing stats for the TV side. Yeah. Okay. Good. We're kumbaya, kumbaya. Big show today, Jay. I think so. I, we got some good guests coming on. We got Levi Wallace, our, a former Tucson Badger, now with the Buffalo Bills, by way of Alabama. And then uh, an old friend, John Wilner, is going to talk to us about the business of the Pac-12, what's going on, uh, the types of things that we can keep an eye out for as we try and get back from COVID. I have one big question for him. I won't, ask, I won't say what it is until now, till later. Uh, you've been in Tucson a long time. I'm curious. Levi Wallace is one of those guys who you didn't really know much about him. He went to Alabama to walk on. You've seen a lot of guys who kind of nobody noticed, and he went somewhere else and kind of became somebody. Off the top of your head. Uh, God, off the top of my head. Um it, boy, it's hard to say. I because um, some of the guys, you know, John Fina is a local dude. He played here, right? Uh, you know, you had some of those feel good guys. I, I've, I've pretty much paid attention to the local guys. I mean, you know, Rodney Pete went over to USC and almost won the Heisman Trophy but, over but there. People knew who he but was. People knew yeah. who he was. Uh, you know, he came out of high school high, highly regarded. Um, some you know some guys like that. But you got nobody comes to mind right off the top of yeah, my head. Yeah, we will come up with that. But I just thought because no one really knew who this dude was until he became this guy. Right. I, I paid so I pay so much attention to the guys who stay, and right. then you know the guys who leave. Right. I say, well, go, gone, you're gone. I'm out of here. I'm not thinking about you anymore. But, but you know, a lot of these things, it's not because of uh, us or us as a media not knowing. The coaches didn't even recruit him. Well, it, it was interesting because I, you know, I'd been paying attention to Levi Wallace because when I first heard about him being at Alabama, I'm like. How did Alabama get this guy, and why have we never heard of him? Right, right. And, and I, I saw his story. He, his dad was from Tuscaloosa, so he wanted to go to Alabama. He went to school there, played some intramural football in his freshman year of college, and then he uh, tr- went to a, uh, a walk-on tryout, and he made it. He's, and he is the unbelievable. Rudy. He is the Rudy, the, the real Rudy. He, the real Rudy, the better Rudy, right? Because right. he actually has a football career, right? You know, the other Rudy, you know, he's on the talking circuit, but. That that's about it. Yeah, no question. I mean, these stories don't happen very often. They don't. And, you know, for, for a guy to be so... Uh, Determined? Well, no, but he, he was just so... I, I, obscure is not the right word, but nobody knew who he was. Right, right. And for him to turn out to be a star mm. at the best college football program in the country, I know you guys at Clemson think you are now, and maybe you are, but when he was coming through Alabama, they were undoubtedly the best program. And to be a star there, yeah. and then again, he doesn't get drafted, mm-hmm. and then he, he, get, he hooks on with the Buffalo Bills, 
going he's going into his third year. Right. It's unbelievable. Who uh, you covered the team in the mid '80s? Time again. Who was the guy that you said uh, who walked on? Was it the walked on and did really well? Was David Adams was the lead? Da- well, David Adams was not a walk on, but he was, was kind of a a throw in scholarship. Mm-hmm. What happened there was Fred Sims was uh, was the lead running back at Sunnyside, and David was sort of his sidekick. And uh, Fred Sims got uh, was one of the top recruits in the country and went to Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And David Adams was was at Sunnyside and. And uh, actually, uh, Larry Smith was recruiting John Horton, who was a receiver at Sunnyside at the time. And uh, that, that the program was really going at that time. And so they were all on the same team. So uh, Larry went to see, the story goes that Larry went to see John Horton. And then he saw David Adams running the ball and moving around and so they brought both of them in and both of them had four year careers at Arizona um, I know David played a, a little pro football uh, I think John signed on I don't think he ever hooked on anywhere uh, but uh, those two guys were sort of the overshadowed by Fred Sims at the time and you know Fred Sims went to Oklahoma and ended up losing his job to to uh, uh, Marcus Dupree if mm-hmm. you remember that yes, name yes. but uh, you know David was a guy that you know came in he was a little guy nobody thought of a lot of him and he was just an exciting player to watch he right. was fun he was he's been on the show a number of times and i i love him i love him he's a funny dude but i have to hear that story a thousand times exactly and you know what <laughs> he's got to stay he's, he's got to accept this so he's still as short as he was back then <laughs> very much so but one of the good guys funny guys uh, but there's got to be a ton of those guys well there there are you know and, and they're, they're guys that kind of came around and uh you know I, I think of guys like um well you know even somebody like steve kerr Oh, yeah. You know, he was, you know, nobody was recruiting him. No. He shows, you know, he shows up at Arizona and becomes one of the, one of the school's all-time, uh, all-time favorite, you know, greatest athletes. Yeah. And, you know, so yeah. if you want to talk about a guy who was kind of unknown and just came around and, and made his way around, you know, Steve Kerr was a guy I want to be that. I want to be Steve for like a weekend. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I, I, it, it's funny. I was watching The Last Dance uh, last night, and there was a segment uh, where people were talking about being like Mike. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, they had uh, Michael Jordan was laying on a couch and saying how this is just where he wants to be, and nobody's right. around him, nobody's bugging him, and that kind of thing. And he spent some time talking about how hard it is to be like Mike. Yeah, yeah. And, and I've, I've said before that, you know, all these people who have these celebrity, uh, celebrity lives, whether they're musicians or ball players or whatever it's not easy to be that no, guy no, it's, it's not. just not you know when you think about you know you get out of bed you know you you don't cut you don't comb your hair you throw on a cap you go to the mall and or right. you go to go get some breakfast and they can't do that and, no no and, no you know steve is you know he's in that he's in that uh, uh he's in that category of people who probably can't go out anywhere without people you know being all over him sure sure well that all that success uh in fact let's go we got about two minutes for this short segment before we have with levi cullen a uh, couple of uh, death this yeah, morning a couple of things you know uh, don shula passed away today and uh, I, I remember uh, you know i talked to everybody last Friday about I grew up a Colts fan and Don Shula was the was the coach of the Colts when that was his you know, first job he, he was with Johnny Unitas and that went to a couple of Super Bowls lost one and won one so you know everybody's talking about Don Shula and the Dolphins because he had that undefeated team but to me Don Shula was the coach of the Colts and that's how I remember him so you know sadness there for for him he was 90 years old by all accounts you know just a great guy winning his coach in, in the history mm-hmm. of the NFL um, so you know it's a sad day for those of us who who followed his career. Well, growing up, it was Chuck Knoll, it was Don Shula, it was Tom Landry... Tom Landry, God, I hated that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Just because I hated the Cowboys, I you know I I'm one of those guys that 
There are a couple of teams out there that that I'll, I'll never like. The Cowboys is one of them. The Yankees is another. Don one. Coryell, you know Don Coryell, but you know some of those guys that that were just Bud Grant, Minnesota Bud Vikings. Grant. You know, right. went to a bunch of Super Bowls with the Vikings, and you know never got over the top. We're dating ourselves. We uh, are dating ourselves. Really I'm okay bad. with it because it brings back good memories to me when you're you really into when I was really into it. Now I'm saying you know what the heck I don't really care. You know well, what I'm saying? Well, we would go out and pretend to be the, the yeah, football yeah, players. Right, right, right. You know, I mean, I wasn't. Who wasn't Dan Fouts or? Those guys. Well, I'm a little older than you. I I was Joe Cap. Oh wow! I did <laughs> that goes back to the him. Vikings. He, he took them Cal. to the Super Bowl. He went to Cal. He, he he well, he coached at Cal. He played at Cal. He was he he was he took the Vikings to a Super Bowl. Um, and so a friend of mine and I would go out and throw the football Joe in the street. Cap. And I was Joe Cap, and he was a receiver named Gene Washington. Well, I know that because he he grew up in Santa Fe, or he was born in Santa Fe, yeah. where I'm from. So yeah, we we date ourselves when we start talking. Bart wow. Starr. There's another one. You know, wow, wow. again the Packers because they were the Colts' rivals. I didn't like the Packers much, but I always had respect for Bart Starr. Yeah, yeah. Well, Joe Cap. That's that's a name. Yeah, that's a name yeah, that so you'd never think of. Again, you know, we're gonna we're gonna go back a, a long way some of these in some of these shows, but uh, those are the guys that we grew up with, and you know, had their baseball cards, their football cards, and all that stuff. Let's take a quick break here as we go out with Earth, Wind, and Fire. In uh, when the time, I guess it was just as hot in September it is right now. So let's take a quick break here on Ten Thirty The Voice. Hey, welcome back to Eye on the Ball here on 1030 The Voice. I'm Steve Rivera with my co-host Jay Gonzalez. He decided to come for day two and our guy Tom Callahan behind the screen with the tunes. Good song, Tom. All my faves, Tom. Those are my two, my top two songs in the history of mankind. I'm yeah. trying to keep you guys happy because you got to be happy on a Monday. I feel welcome. Yes, yes, well, that's yes. That's good. No, no, because I'm in the same wheelhouse. It's uh, like, that's two for two. That's good. That's good. We were talking real quick about the, the good old days and uh, growing up. If anybody wants to call in, please do, 790-2040. We're trying to get uh, Mr. Wallace or Levi Wallace on the phone now. It's 915 where he's at or 920 where he's at. Uh, so we might be a little late. Um, and then we're going to get John Wilner from the San Jose Mercury News, formerly of the Arizona Daily Star back when he was a kid. Back in the day. we you You're know, like a big brother to him. I am. And actually, the, the, the funny backstory to that is for the longest time until we actually had our own kid we used to call John our son my wife and I Gabrielle John was our son and so um, you know he's he's an old guy now he's got kids and he's got gray hair and everything like that but uh, John is uh, somebody who was a really close friend you know he started at the start right out of college so yeah. Um, known him for a really long time. I'd like to tease him. He's the most out of shape, in shape guy I know. <laughs> you know, he started running when he was here. He was yeah, a little. Yeah, yeah. He, he got. He. I'm just going to say it. He was a little round when he got here, but he he got into. He, he and Greg Hansen got into running, and they started, you know, running in those five Ks, ten Ks. Oh, really? I think John has either run a half marathon or maybe even a marathon now. So he's, uh, you know, he's he's tried to stay healthy. That's crazy. I wouldn't do that. I don't think I've run 26 miles in my life. I, I tried to run a mile a few months ago, and I I barely made it. Right, I barely right. made it back. Right. I ran a half mile out and a half mile back from my house, and I barely made it. Yeah, when we were younger, I used to walk uh, walk when my ex was pregnant, uh, and we'd, go to, we'd walk, obviously, two, three miles, stop at the stack bar, and then come back. You yeah, know, exactly. That's just, you know, there had to be a destination for me. Exactly. I, I, you know, I walk a lot now, so that's that's my speed anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so anybody want to call in, 790-2040, we'll probably have more of a free reign at the 645 time frame. Uh, a lot of things going on. We'll talk about this with John. The Louisville got their uh, declaration of her suspension or right again. allegations. Again. Yeah. <laughs> again. Louisville. Louisville. Uh, but we'll see what happens. We'll talk more about Arizona's chances of, of, of when they're going to get theirs. 
Uh, but a lot of things kind of going on. You hear some, there's some optimistic hope with baseball, football schedule, stuff like that. Well, there seems to be. Like the NFL says they're going to release their schedule at the end of the week, hopeful that that things are going to start on time. So the schedule they're going to release is going to be starting when they had planned to start. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't talked to too many people out there who think that that's going to happen. But, you know, what they'll do is they'll take that schedule and they'll uh, adjust it to what uh, – to what needs to uh, what needs to happen for them to for them to play, you know the the NFL is a little better position than the colleges because with uh, with what they're doing they're not relying on students to be on campus and stuff like that. So if they if they if they have to they'll play right. without fans. Right. So we'll we'll see how that goes. What do you think? And you know, Dr. Robbins, you talked on this on this station two weeks ago talking about. He didn't think there's a chance they're going to play. I think he's probably taking that aback a little. I, I don't know if that's changed much. I think he maybe walked it back a little bit, you know. And then this whole uh, the announcement that that the students are going to be on campus at at 20, the end of August, the twenty yeah. fourth, uh, which is good news for you know my daughter. She's going to love getting on campus and getting out of our house. <laughs> but uh, you know, I don't know that that is in, it really makes a big difference right now because. And we'll, in terms of sports, in terms of sports, yeah. because we'll talk to John Wilner about about this. Uh, but uh, they're saying that you know the students have to be on campus across right. the board mm-hmm. for the team for the players to be on campus. So if yeah, maybe Arizona's on campus and they're going to school and whatnot. Maybe the players are on campus, but if they're not on campus at UCLA or Cal mm-hmm. or Washington or whatever, you know. That might not you know, that we might not have games anyway. So, mm-hmm. I there's a lot of pessimism about college football. A little more optimism with pro football because they've got more flexibility. Sure, sure. And it's it's not that they don't have wiggle room because they do, but it's it's closing quickly. It's, it's closing up quickly. You yeah. know, I, I heard a scenario today that that the colleges might uh, might start just play conference games. You yeah. know, none of those other preseason games and just play nine games. So that's another option. Right, right, right. That's good. We got a phone call, so it could be uh, Mr. Mr. Levi Wallace. I'm hoping uh, we'll talk to him briefly. We have him until about six thirty here on KVOA. We good to go there, Thomas? Oh, Chuck. So this is Chuck who would like to talk college oh. baseball with you. Okay, Chuck. Chuck, thanks for calling. We I'll have some good news from you. Uh, go ahead, Chuck. Your question first. Chuck, are you there? Get host. For your new guest hosts, uh, I was just wondering, uh, I'm a big college baseball fan, having played it myself when I was a young young man, <laughs> and I uh, played a little professional ball, but, you know, college baseball to me is, uh, it's an equivalent to class A, maybe even double A professional baseball. And I was just wondering what your guest host thinks about that. Dude, let me let me add something. Give him some good news for something that's coming up. Well, we're we're going to have Jay Johnson on tomorrow to, to uh, talk college baseball. So be sure to come back. Hallelujah. Tomorrow. Yeah. So we, you know, those poor guys. You know, their season is gone, and they're not going to have another one for a year. So we want to talk to Jay about what things are going on. But as far as college baseball, he, here's the deal, and here's where I sit on all this. I think college sports are great, regardless of the level of play, because our feelings about the schools. We love the schools, especially in Tucson. We're a college town, and so I love going to college baseball game. Uh, in fact, I have more fun at a college baseball game than I had at you know the AAA Toros. I, I, or the, well, I got an I dated myself, right? The Toros versus the Sidewinders. <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I, I mean, I like going to the AAA um, uh, ball games because we were seeing 
guys who were going to be in the major leagues in the future, and that was great. Uh, again, I'll, I'll date myself some more. I remember going to see the Albuquerque Dukes back at High Corbett Field and seeing Davey Lopes and Steve Garvey and Ron Say and all those guys that were coming up. So, uh, you know, when I, when those guys were making making their, their bones in, in the major leagues, I said, I, I saw those guys here. But college baseball, you go to see those games because it's the school. And they play good baseball, and especially on, uh, out west with uh, – you know, in the in the Pac-12, formerly the Pac-10, uh, we've got good baseball, and we got players that we do see in the majors later on. So I, I love college baseball. And then you know what they've built here with the atmosphere they've got at High Corbett. They sell beer. It going to a college baseball game in Tucson, Arizona, is a great, great thing to do. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for those words because I I enjoy it just like you do, and that's good news about. Coach being on tomorrow. That'd yeah, give us a li- give a listen. Give us a listen tomorrow, and we'll talk to Jay about how things are going with uh, with his team, and uh, you know, get a look ahead and see see how they're doing. I know Chuck's been waiting for this. Chuck's been no, waiting. You for- bet I am. <laughs> Thanks for listening, Chuck. I, I appreciate you Thank calling you. in. Appreciate. I always enjoy you calling in. No, that's good. I, I know that baseball. Some of the baseball. Like now, sometimes Jay was too busy to get on because it's baseball season. Now they have time to get on. Right, he's got time, and so we're, I'm, I'm glad he's going to be coming on. I, I you know, I, I, I love him. He's he's coaching baseball the way college baseball ought to be mm-hmm. coached, mm-hmm. and uh, I, he's a, he's a class guy, and I, I don't know anybody who thinks bad of him, and so it's I'm 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 going to be interested to see what he's got to say and what's going on. It's, it's got to be tough they, for him right now. They had a lot of firepower coming into the season. They were they were doing fairly well. Right, right. They, you know, they had they. they I, they were going to have a good season, and mm-hmm. and uh, you know they they looked good. They had some they had some pitching, so I, you know it's 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 a little sad that it kind of ended. Right. Well, it, it it's sad for everybody that it ended the way it did, but hopefully uh, you know they kind of hold it together. And I'm guessing fall baseball is going to be a little more important this year than ever. Right. It's funny because I hadn't talked to him, or we, we talked a little about it with other coaches, with the guys coming back, possibly coming back for the year. You know how softball is; they have everybody pretty much coming back. Those rosters are going to be loaded. And how you maneuver with very few scholarships, you know how that goes. There's some wiggle. There's a lot of stuff going on. I'm going to be interested to see, you know, what he's doing because, you know, the the guys that play college baseball, uh, you know, there's a lot of those guys who think I'm here to go to the pros. Right, right. So it's going to be interesting to see how many of them do stick around, or just say I'm going to, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to stick around another year and, and, and go to the right. and give, give give my shot. So we'll see. I, I'd, I'd be interested to see, you know, what what he thinks their team is going to look like next year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we have some time here. I think that uh, what we're going to end up doing here is is probably have Levi call at 645 after we do Wilner, and then he can call in because I know he's on the phone now. But uh, it was just a, a delay in the in the mes- message out in Buffalo, apparently. So that's that's good. If Levi will be ready for us in 15 minutes. I'm looking forward to talk to John. I haven't talked to him in a while. Uh, I know he's busy with the Pac-12. Uh, doing a lot of investigation type of right. pieces, um, doing what John does, doing what he does, and there's yeah. you know the the Pac-12 has started its league meetings this week. They started today, so I'll be interested to see what he thinks is going to come out of that. Um, so I, there's a there's a lot of stuff to talk about. He's uh, he's a very yeah. knowledgeable guy. He's built himself quite a profile by sort of being seen as a national expert on things going on in the Pac in the right. Pac-12. It's amazing how things have happened. You grew up in the Pac-8. Pack eight, ten. You know, I, really? well, there was a pack eight before. Well, you was a whack. It was yeah, the whack. I, we were in the whack. So we, you know, we we were with the New Mexicos and UTEPs and Wyomings and Colorado states. And then you went to the pack eight and then the pack ten. 
Pac-12. Pac-10, Pac-12. Who knows what's next? We thought it was going to be the Pac-14 for a while, <laughs> right, there, if right. I recall. Right. Hey, let's take a quick break here and come back on the other side with John Wilner and talk about the Pac-12 in the West Coast. Welcome back to Eye on the Ball. This is Jay Gonzalez here with Steve Rivera on 1030 The Voice. We're glad you're here with us. And we've got a great guest coming on right now that uh, I've been wanting to talk to for a long time about the things going on around us. It's my old friend John Wilner, former Arizona Daily Star writer, now with the San Jose Mercury News. And the well-known authority on... Pac-12 conference business. Uh, he's he's been uh, really somebody who's seen as having his finger on the pulse of things going on over there. So we want to talk to John about all the things that are happening right now as it relates to getting getting sports back on the field. Welcome, John. Thanks for having me. Couldn't possibly miss the two of you together. <laughs> well, we're, we're 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 glad you decided to to call in instead of uh, mark your phone busy. So we just want to talk to you about some of the things that are going on. I, you, you've been spending a lot of time talking about uh, you know what's uh, you know what's the future with with COVID, uh, and and we want to talk a little bit about that, but also some of the other things that are going on around the Pac-12. So first of all, it's been a couple of weeks since you've written a column dedicated to the to the issue with COVID. And uh, so, you know, things are changing all the time. Where do you see things are today in terms of getting on the fields? Well, I mean, I think that there's a chance that they're going to play in the fall. uh, And there's a chance they'll play in the fall without uh, just conference games only. And they may end up pushing it back to, to January. I don't think we know right now, but this is a crucial month. Like, basically... The schools that are on the semesters and are, you know, kids are showing up on campus like August 20th, August 25th, right in that window. Those presidents and chancellors have to decide by early June if they're going to have if they're going to have school. Right. Or if it's all going to be remote. And that's basically the first domino that has to fall in order for there to be Pac-12 football is those campuses have got to be open. Uh, classrooms have got to be open. Dining halls, all that kind of thing. Now, maybe in modified form. But until we get to that point, uh, there's no guarantee there'll be Pac-12 football. And these next three or four weeks basically are going to decide if if those campuses are, in fact, going to be open. Some have announced they're planning to. Uh, but we haven't heard from all of them, and the conference can't go forward, you know, with six schools playing football and six sitting out. Well, that's the, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Just real quick, uh, John, uh, was it the governor who said that the arenas in California would not be available? Who was the one that said that, and, and where does that stand now? Well, yeah, that was that was Gavin Newsom saying in response to the professional leagues commissioners first phone call with the White House and all, you know, optimism about the NFL and and Gavin Newsom basically said, I don't think I see that. But there's a big difference between playing prone college sports in the fall with fans and without fans. And I think the NFL is planning on going forward without fans and they don't need to have fans, you know, to make to make them finances work for for their league. I think college football, if given the choice, you can play a full season in the fall with no fans, or you may or may not play starting in January. I think they will play in the fall with no fans. They just have to have enough testing to keep the players safe. So how important is it for all the campuses to actually have their students back? I mean, can they not do that? Can they not play those games if the students aren't back? For instance, Arizona has said, 
our our students are going to be on campus on the 24th so do they do they really all have to be on campus for them to be able to bring uh, athletes back no i don't think so i think they need to feel like the campus is safe enough so that they can have modified classrooms, modified dorms, dining halls, that kind of thing. What they're not going to do, and Larry Scott, the commissioner, has said this, other other commissioners and presidents and chancellors have said this, they're not going to have a situation where school is shut down, but the only the only kids on campus are athletes, and especially football players. They won't do that. If it's not safe enough to have a certain number, whether it's a full enroll, uh, you know, full enrollment, half enrollment, if it's not safe enough to have regular students on campus to some degree, they're not going to play football. They, they won't, they just won't do it. And they won't, they won't feel it's safe and they won't feel it's morally right. You kind of left some doubt in your thought uh, maybe a minute or two ago. So what do you think? What are the chances given a percent that they're going to come and play or they will be playing? That they're going to play in the fall. Yeah. Uh, full season, you know, cause it, it, you have to parse it full season, or conference games only, because if they if they don't play conference games, that gives them more time, right. and they may need that time, right? Because they've got to get the athletes have got to have six weeks at least to get ready to right. go. So uh, I th- I would say that I think there's probably about a sixty percent chance that there will be some version of a football season in the fall, but I don't think it's going to be with fans. I don't think there's any way they're going to play with fans. Interesting. Well, I, you know, again, we're all we're all hoping they are, but uh, it's it's scary. I mean, everything you hear is that it's it's not happening. I I listened to your podcast, uh, the Pac-12 Hotline, and AJ Maestas was really depressing the hell out of me. Basically, yeah. saying he didn't think anything was going, any of this was going to happen. But you know, again, that was a couple of weeks ago. Is is the situation changing enough, or have we been kind of at a standstill for the last two weeks, waiting for June to come around? You know, I think it's evolved a little bit in favor of of college football, you know, based on some of the the presidents and chancellors, you know, being encouraged about the ability to open up their campuses this summer for the for the fall semester or fall quarter. Uh, But I don't think it's a done deal. I mean, what happens if, you know, this current loosening of restrictions creates a, a big second wave in June and they've they got to shut it down. Then, then all of a sudden we're kind of back to square one. And the other component to all this is, are all of the schools within the PAC 12 going to be aligned and are all of the conferences going to be aligned? I mean, in the SEC, you can easily see a scenario where California is very conservative about opening campuses and playing football, but the SEC is kicking off on schedule. And so then what's going to happen if not everybody is is moving forward at the same pace? They haven't, nobody has answered that question yet. They basically don't want to have to answer it. Right. When uh, Dr. Robbins uh, talked about this last week or two weeks ago, when he thought there would be no football, what was your thought? Uh, my thought was I wasn't sure if he was saying that Personally, you're thinking that fans would be in the stands or not. You know, I don't think the conference has, you know, you know, at least at that level, really thought through, uh, you know, playing. I think the athletic directors and the coaches certainly have. But I don't know to what level the chancellors and presidents have thought through, you know, the, the possibility of playing without fans. But I, I assumed he's talking about with fans. Uh, if he's saying that 
with no fans, no circumstance whatsoever, that would surprise me a little bit just given where things are because we don't know. I mean, if you think about a month ago, what we knew and where things stood and then how much more we know now and then what what might we know another month from now, you know, I think that there's there's a chance that they'll end up playing. And the problem, and I know President Robbins mentioned this, you know, we're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars at stake for these universities, right? Right, right, right. Hey, let me ask and you. football. Oh, go ahead. Go, no, no, you go ahead in football. Well, football is, you know, a huge part for the athletic department, right? If there's no football, no money. they're going to have, you know, layoffs and cutting sports. I mean, it's basically 80% of, of a school's yeah. athletic department budget, right? I mean, if you figure typical typical athletic department like Arizona is basically a $100 million budget, well, football is like $80 million of that. Let me quick ask you uh, before Jay gets back with you, because uh, I've wanted to ask you this question for a while now. Uh, you, is um, is the commissioner of the Pac-12 self-aware? Uh, it seems like nobody likes him anywhere, uh, and you and you deal with these stories almost on the daily. Uh, have access to a lot of things. You probably talked to him a few times. Does is he aware that it, everything's kind of just messed up? He has uh, shown, uh, I think, in the last six to nine months, uh, uh, maybe 12 months even, a fair amount of, of awareness as to what the feeling is and life is like on campus on the, in the athletic departments. So I think that there was a little bit of a disconnect. There's no doubt until recently between the conference office and life on the front lines. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And part of, that's, part of that's because he doesn't have much experience uh, you know, in college athletics, uh, and a lot of his key staffers uh, don't either. And I think that, that that plus the fact that the athletic directors weren't heavily involved in policymaking created a situation where there, there definitely was a disconnect. But I think it's better now. It's been better for the last, you know, year or so. And, and that's partly because they, you know, had a dumpster fire with that, with the, the football officiating, and that forced some changes, and those changes have worked out for the better. Well, that gets me to where we want to talk. Uh, what we want to talk about right now. We've only got a couple of minutes, but the Pac-12 conference meetings uh, started today. Well, you know, what's aside from COVID? What's on the agenda? I mean, what what are they working on? What needs to what needs to happen over there? Well, I mean, I think that that it's almost all about COVID at this point. And what's interesting is that. Usually these meetings, they, you know, they, they tackle other issues. You know, there's TV discussions, uh, officiating. They'll get to all that, but it's all secondary. And they have been usually, you know, that athletic directors get together a few times a year in person with the conference office. But they've been talking every day. Conference officials and the ADs basically are on the phone together every day since the shutdown started on, what, March you know, 14th or 13th. So it's not a situation where everybody is kind of being brought up to speed on various initiatives. They've been talking regularly. And the they also have, I mean, it tells you something when the prospect of paying players and complete upheaval to the NCAA's economic uh, model is a secondary issue, right? But name, image, likeness right now is on the back burner because of COVID. And that is, you know, going to create an incredible change in college athletics, one that people have been waiting decades for. And and athletes are going to get, you know, the next Arizona quarterback's going to get, you know, could get paid from Toyota of Tucson and all that. Incredible change. And yet right now it is 
definitely on the back burner because COVID has, you know, they have to solve this problem with football and, and that's taking up most of their time. Hey, John, we got about a minute left. I wanted to ask you, uh, you follow it very well. You saw the scheme, blah, blah, blah. Louisville got hit with their allegations today. Uh, when do you think Arizona's going to hear about it? 2032. <laughs> <laughs> are, they, are they at the back of the line or something? I don't, you know, I don't know exactly how they're, I, I don't know how they're figuring out which school to hit what the order but i the only thing i thought was significant is that you know they are not shutting this investigation down because even though covid is dominating everything right there was some talk early on when the shutdown first hit that would this force the ncaa uh infractions committee to kind of put a halt to this thing and clearly they haven't because they they just slapped louisville John, appreciate your time. Good to hear from you. You've got to come more, back more often, talk about a lot of different things. Anytime, guys. We've we got to have you back to talk NIL. So, John, thanks, thanks a yeah. whole bunch. We yeah. appreciate it. Thank you, John. John My Wilner. pleasure, guys. Hey, we've got to come back real quick on the break. We have Levi Wallace waiting for us. Hey, welcome back to Eye on the Ball here on 1030 The Voice. I'm your host, Steve Rivera, along with my co-host, Jay Gonzalez. And now on the phone, we have Levi Wallace, formerly of the Tucson High Badgers, now with the Buffalo Bills. Levi, how are you? Welcome back to the show. Hey, how you guys doing? I'm doing good. Appreciate it. Thanks for asking. Great to hear your voice. Uh, we want to talk about a lot of things with you. What a story you are, but we'll get back to that later. You're part of the Gamers versus Cancer uh, coming up here on Giving Tuesday. How uh, meaningful is that for you? Um, it means everything, man. I, I, cancer is a big part of my family. I lost my aunt to it. My freshman year going into high school, I lost my granddad to it when I was at a young age. So, um and, you know, not so long ago, I, I put up my number out and was able to talk to a bunch of people. And, and a lot of those people did have cancer. And just hearing their stories, it motivated me to reach out to ACS and be able to be a part of this Gamers versus Cancer. So what's involved? Uh, so tomorrow I'm going to be streaming Fortnite uh, from about 3 to 8, um, playing with some teammates from Alabama, as well as some teams from the Bills, um, you know, trying to bring awareness that, cancer doesn't stop just because we're all um doing this during this pandemic of COVID-19 um as well as taking donations uh that go straight to ACS tomorrow through the page um social media all that so so Levi this is Jay Gonzalez what would that look like I mean when somebody's looking at the screen and they're watching they're going to see your game but are they going to be able to see your face and faces of the other players and that type of thing you know what what how, what would this what would this look like for somebody who has no idea what you guys are doing Yeah they'd be able to see me um they'll be able to hear uh the teammates that I'm playing with hear our conversations um there's also a screen where they can connect with me and be able to talk to me uh, when I reply back to them or if they have questions for the other guys, I'll be able to shoot that over to them. They'll hear their responses. So uh, we're excited. We're looking forward to a great time tomorrow. Have you already started to kind of work this out or you must be already good at it? Uh, you know what? I'm not bad. I'm not great. <laughs> you know, but I, I play Fortnite on a daily basis. I had to, I'm, I had to pick a game that uh, I, I wouldn't embarrass myself on <laughs> publicly, you know, so. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. So is this one of the things that's kind of taking up your time right now while there's not a whole hell of a lot else to do, or uh, you spend a lot of time with this? Uh, I wish. I wish I could sit home and play Fortnite for hours. 
unfortunately, I, I try to get a, a few hours a day, maybe one or two hours. I, I, I genuinely play with my brother um, a few times a week just to stay in contact with him. But other than that, I've been reading a lot, um, been in my Bible a lot. And then, you know, we started virtual uh, OTA OTA practices through Zoom. So uh, that's a couple hours a day. And other than that, working out, running as much as I can. We've been talking about uh, we've been talking about NFL starting possibly, of course, on time. You guys what need about a month, at least a month to get ready. Six weeks. How many? How much time do you need? Uh, I mean, it depends. You know, I I feel like we can start whenever, but you know, to to bring a team together, you, I think we have definitely have to go through a training camp. Um, I don't know exactly how that looks or when that starts, but. I think that just brings the camaraderie of the team around during training camp. So, so Lee, I got to ask you. You know, are, are are you pinching yourself? You know, every day, you know, thinking about the fact that you're in the NFL. I mean, you came out of high school. You weren't weren't highly recruited. You walk on at Alabama, and I I I, I don't know how somebody decides I'm going to walk on, but I'm going to walk on at the best program in the country by a lot. And now you're in the NFL. I mean, do you ever sit back and think about? what you've already accomplished and what you're 24 years old? Um, no, I, I really don't, honestly. Um, just because I feel like I, I have a lot more to do. Um, I'm definitely blessed to be in the position that I am in and to work for what I, what I do have. So it, it's a good feeling, but I, I have yet to look back at what I've done thus far um, in my career. I, I look back at college after the fact um, and just enjoyed that and where I came from in Tucson High. Uh, but now that I'm in the NFL, it's, I, don't, I don't let it get too much. It's not too much of a high, but uh, I am pretty excited and blessed to be where I'm at. Guys all over the country, maybe all over the world, want to be Levi Wallace, mm-hmm. be that guy that, because you know, they dream about this stuff, and it happened to you. What advice do you give, or what would you give to them who are just kind of like just guys trying to work their butt off and, and land somewhere? Um. I think the biggest lesson that I learned is patience and that everything works out in the end. Um, I I went through a lot with walking on, with going undrafted, with losing my dad, um, best friend getting killed. Uh, You know, it was was some of the hardest years of my life and some of the best years of my life, you know. Um, I think just the perseverance that I had and then just the grace of God knowing that I dreamed about being in the NFL, you know, ever since I was five years old um, and getting me here. And it wasn't the path that I imagined, you know, I imagined being recruited by Alabama and getting drafted, you know, and sometimes things get messy. Um, but I think it made me better in the, in, in the back end of it. So I'm blessed to have the journey that I've been on. Was there a point when it all actually got real for you? Was it, you know, at the time that, you made it as a walk-on or maybe when you got your scholarship at Alabama or when, when did it click for you? You thought all of this may come together for me and I may be in the NFL someday. Uh, it honestly wasn't until I started getting calls from agents my senior year um, towards the end of the season and then winning the championship game, uh, you know, and, and being sought out as I got mid-season All-Americans Jim Thorpe's in my final list, and I was like, maybe I have a chance to play. And then agents start calling me, and I was like, oh, well, maybe I really do have a chance to play. So I think that's that's when it really became a little surreal for me. 
We're talking to Levi Wallace, former Tucson Badger, currently with the Buffalo Bills. So when you were growing up, who were your heroes? Uh, no one that played football. Uh, my dad was my hero. Um, also a big Kobe Bryant fan and just the way he worked. Um, I think those two, uh, you know, grew me to who I am today. Interesting that it's a, a basketball player as opposed to a football player. You know, did, did you have a favorite team or anything like that? Um, you know, when you're a kid, you like who's winning. Uh, I've, like you said, I wasn't a bandwagoner until I got a little bit older. I was a Patriots fan for the longest um, just because they were winning. Uh, but when I started understanding football, I became a Saints fan. Um, Reggie Bush was also one of my favorite players growing up. And then, you know, just being an Alabama fan because my dad's from Tuscaloosa. When Mark Ingram went to the Saints, uh, you know, it just all came full circle. So I've been a Saints fan for years on years now and I hope we don't play the Saints because I'd be torn <laughs> okay so I, I, so every Alabama player that gets interviewed on a radio show or a talk show or whatever always gets asked this so we're going to ask you give us a great Nick Saban story great Nick Saban story man there's, there's so many of them but I think there, there's a story when um, we all go to the lake all the seniors and leadership go to his lake house in Tuscaloosa. Um, I think maybe a day or two before camp starts. And um, you just out of nowhere, like everyone's like shooting basketball. And then out of nowhere, he comes out of his garage and like this little like tricycle, like motorcycle thing, like two inches off the ground. And he's like speeding down the highway or like down the road. Like it was the funniest thing ever. Like, and he almost crashed into another teammate. And we were all laughing and joking, so, so a, a great story. A normal good guy, I guess. Uh, something that we don't know anything about in the media. Of course we don't. You know. yeah, That's yeah. a hell of a vision, though. Yeah. So tell me, your Buffalo Bills are on the up and coming, which is great. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're doing our best, but, you know, no one really thinks about Buffalo at all. You know, we barely get any TV time, so uh, I think we like to work out here in silent and, and just shock people, so. Well, you guys have a team that could possibly do that because last year you guys were pretty good. Like I said, I mean, we're, we're doing our best out here. we got a couple pieces, the draft went well, so we're excited for the season. All right, Levi. Well, we, we appreciate you being here. It's, uh, it's, it's great to see your story. We love your story. Love the fact that you're from Tucson and, you know, and that you're doing good things. I mean, we, we really hope that the, this, uh, this thing you're doing tomorrow uh, it does a lot of good. We know it will, and we, I, I know that everybody appreciates the fact that you're doing this. Yes, and real quick, Levi, could you tell us again, where can they find you? How can they find you on this Gamers versus Cancer? Uh, through my Instagram, Primetime39, I have the, the links on there, my Twitter, the links on there. Um, they'll be able to text a number as well. Let me pull up the number, two seconds. Um, if you text Levi to 40649, you'll be able to find it on there as well. So um, plenty of ways to, to find my stream. And they can- I, I won't be streaming on my own Twitch. I'll be streaming through... Uh, um, a Twitch called a Twitch channel for operation systems, and they can they can donate there. Yes, and they can donate. Would there. would we yes, would sir. we cause you a problem if we asked you if you guys are going to be uh, maybe putting a little money behind this or anything like that for to see who wins tomorrow? 
No, no, no. I, a lot of the times we're going to be on the same team. So, um, but there is there is some special things going on. I'm, I'm actually giving away uh, a throwback jersey um, as well as some game cleats. Uh, so, I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, seeing seeing who gets those. Well, Levi, like Jay said, thanks for joining us. Have a great time tomorrow. We'll see you. Good luck to you. You, you're a fantastic story. I appreciate you, Jay and Steve. Appreciate you guys. Best of luck. Yeah, great. Thank you. Hey, that was Jay Wallace. Jay, uh, how would, uh, unbelievable, huh? I, I, you know, what, I mean, what a story. I mean, you, yeah. you, you go back and you look at a, at, at a guy like Levi and you think, you know, anybody can do it. You know, if you work hard enough, mm-hmm. uh, yes, you have to have the, the talent and the ability and all that stuff. But, you know, how many of us have said, if, you know, I wish I'd had that bit of talent so I could do that. Sure. But, you know, here's a guy who all along the way, you know, was, was told he didn't. You know, he, again, he didn't get recruited. Uh, he didn't get drafted. And yet he went out on his own and said, I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. And and there he is. He's in the NFL. He's playing with the Buffalo Bills. And, and by all accounts, he's going to have a nice long career career in the NFL and yeah. it's it's just great to see a story like that and then the guy turns around and does something like this it's right. it, it's it, it's it, it warms your heart so I wonder what the guy behind the screen is thinking because he was probably tearing up he's a big Buffalo Bill fan I was pretty excited uh, just uh, I, I, I did tell him before I, I let him talk to you guys I said hey man go Bills <laughs> it, uh, I, I'm excited for the Bills season this year I'm excited to hear this and you know what the fact that, that Levi is such a tremendous story he's a Tucson story and he's doing something like his his dad Pastor May LS he's had cancer with his with his aunt and with his, his grandfather and it's just man that's tough his best friend he's he's an incredible story mm-hmm. This is everything the, he's been through this is one of the reasons why I like sports yeah, these are the stories that you that you love look to tell. for, yeah. And, the, yeah, and that you love to tell. You love to tell them as a writer. Right. You like to tell them as just a a parent and be able to to go to a kid. You know, if you're a coach and you go to a kid and say, "Look at what Levi Wallace has done," you know that can be you. Right. And 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 that's not you know that's not a reach. No question. Hey, thanks. Day two. Of the of the held hostage situation, had another great time. I, I plan to come back tomorrow. Tomorrow we have tomorrow we've got Jay Johnson coming on at uh, six fifteen. Great, thanks.